with over 25 years of experience integrating mental health and spirituality, the author of Reclaiming Authenticity, When Ancestors Weep, and Redeeming the Bereaved. Here is Dr. James Houck. Good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world at this time. Welcome to Reclaiming Authenticity. Do not adjust your dials, because yes, I am coming to you live and in living color via video today. I uh, shared with you last week that I was going to do a show dedicated to Native American flutes and uh, share with you some of my own collection of Native American flutes and why I love it and a little history, the background of the Native American flute and why I consider it to be such a rich, rich instrument not just in my own uh, prayers, uh, but also my own toning, as well as uh, in ceremony and in different ways. So welcome aboard today. So glad to be with you uh, here uh, each and every Friday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon Pacific Standard Time, and any other time in between. And by that, I mean that you're now able to download these podcasts. Uh, you know, Feel free to do so just by uh, going on the website, which is www www.bbsradio.com forward slash reclaiming authenticity all one word there so and uh, you just go on the website and you can uh, click on the archives and then you can go through the whole list of them to see uh, if there's any uh, particular shows that you missed or would like to listen to again so feel free to do that and um, also if you would like to uh, call in and be part of today's show if you have any flute stories yourself or like to share your own experiences of playing the flute, or maybe this is your first time hearing the Native American flute and you want to know a little bit more information or about how just to go about uh, starting to be a beginner with such a uh, precious uh, instrument, I just invite you to call in. Uh, the toll-free line is 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. Well, again, welcome to today's show. It's entitled Spirit Wind, The Healing Flute. And uh, if you are a regular listener or viewer now to this uh, particular broadcast, uh, again, thank you for your continued support. And um, you know me well enough by now that uh, uh, reclaiming authenticity is something that I uh, cherish very much. It is something that I have found uh, not only healing in my life, but also healing in the lives of others. Because whenever we find our authenticity, Whenever we find our authentic voice, or even the voice of the flute, and that's uh, you know very authentic in and of itself, uh, wonderful things do happen. We are empowered, we are healed, and we impart healing and truth to others, and so forth. Okay, but it all brings us back to relationships, and that is the key. That uh, because we are social beings, we can not run from relationships, even though we may think we want to just go off to the mountains and hide. We still cannot get away from ourselves. But um, as we are growing in our authentic um, voice or our authentic selves, our relationships do change. They um, also are enhanced. A wonderful healing can take place. 
And so this is why I place uh, reclaiming authenticity right back where it, should, where it belongs in the relationships that we have, not only with ourselves, but also with others and certainly God or the divine. And um, you've heard me say this on more than one occasion, that um, reclaiming authenticity really comes out of two deep-seated beliefs in myself. And uh, the first belief is that I truly believe that people have the answers within. Uh, But how many times do we spend our lives looking outside of ourselves for the next biggest thing? in our our lives, or if I only had this, or if I only had that, then I would be happy. And we don't realize that, you know, just now touching into the second <laughs> deep-seated belief, that we do come into this world already gifted and graced. Everything that we need is always right here. But how many times do different experiences that we have, or different uh, troubles in our relationships, or the fact that we just don't realize to look within, how many times do we suffer disappointments and frustrations or woundedness or hurts, you know, the emotional, psychological, physical, and even spiritual wounds? And that tends to rob our relationships. It robs us it robs us from, um, you know, really exploring uh, the very best of who we are and un- understanding ourselves as souls. And so I uh, share with you later on about how the Native American flute had really brought that home to me, that wonderful, wonderful message. Okay, so, well, let us begin. And I thought it would be nice uh, just to share with you Um, A little bit of the history of the Native American flute. It is steeped in legend, um, and depending on who you talk to, different tribes and so forth, you'll get different stories or slight variations. But the story I'm going to share with you now is the legend that I always hold near and dear to my heart. Well, at dusk, a hunter found himself deep inside a dense forest filled with trees, and he did not end up there by accident, because ever since the beginning of time, cultures from around the world have integrated their own music into their spirituality and celebrations and everyday lives. And the Native American flute, uh, along with other indigenous instruments, has created a unique sound and vibration that has often lifted humanity into higher dimensions that cut across time and space. Well, whether you are a member of an indigenous people or simply love the rich tones of the Native American flute, uh, learning how to play for yourself is indeed a, you know, just opens up a a precious uh, meditative and ceremonial space. Okay. And so let us return to the story that uh, once untold generations ago, uh, the people did not know how to make uh, flutes. And they had drums and rattles and bull roars and, you know, but not flutes. And in these long past days before other non-indigenous people started making uh, flutes, uh, long before they showed up on horseback and their fire sticks, a young hunter went out to find game. You see, game was scarce and the people were hungry and he found tracks of an elk and followed them for a long time. Now, the elk was wise and it was a very swift 
animal. And it is the animal that possesses, uh, as some people refer to as the love charm. And if a person has milk, uh, I'm sorry, elk medicine, uh, they will win the love of their lives and they will find a husband or a wife and they will also be a lucky hunter. So at dusk, here we go, getting back on track here, folks, that at dusk, the hunter found himself deep inside a dense forest of tall trees and the tracks of the elk uh, had disappeared and so had the elk that he had spotted in a distance and the young man had to face the fact that he was now lost and he too was you know you know just in a dark way of finding his way out and there was not even the moon out that night to show him the way well, luckily, he found a stream flowing by, just just wonderful, clean, cool water, and uh, he sat down to quench his thirst. And uh, he also had a little pouch of food with him, so he had sat down and, and had a meal. And um, when uh, he had finished eating and drinking, he just rolled himself into uh, a fur robe that he had with him to keep himself warm and propped himself up against a tree, and he tried to get some rest. Well, he couldn't sleep because the forest was just simply full of strange noises that he had never learned or heard before. There were eerie cries of night animals, the hooting of owls, the groaning of trees in the wind. And, um, you know, he had faintly remembered hearing these sounds and, and others he had not heard before. But um, it was almost as if he was hearing them for the very first time. And suddenly, he started to hear a unique sound that he had never, ever heard before. He had never experienced before. It was a very mournful, sad, almost haunting, ghost-like sound. And at first, it, it made him very, very afraid. So he drew his robe tightly around him and uh, just tried to, you know, fall asleep. And, uh, you know, this new sound was very much, um, like I said, very haunting, but it was also very beautiful. And he would slowly drift it off to sleep. And he had a dream. And in this dream, um, a bird came to him, uh, Wagnuka, as it is called, a red-headed woodpecker appeared to him and, uh, you know, sang this strangely beautiful new song. And he was singing to this young hunter, follow me, and I will teach you about this new song. Well, when the hunter awoke, the sun was already, you know, really high in the sky. And on a branch of the tree against the, you know, the, the, which he was leaning against that night was this redheaded woodpecker. And the bird flew away to one tree and then to another and then to another. And so the hunter decided to follow the woodpecker. And then once more, he learned where the woodpecker was by just following and listening to this um, haunting sound of the woodpecker. And the bird flew toward the sound and he led the young man and its flaming red top flittering through the leaves and just made it very easy to spot this bird. Well, at last, the red-headed woodpecker landed on a cedar tree and began just tapping away and hammering on the dead branch and making a noise like the fast beating of a small drum. And suddenly there was a gust of wind. And again, the hunter heard this hauntingly 
beautiful sound, you know, right close to him. And then he discovered that the sound came from the dead branch of the cedar tree of which the woodpecker was making, you know, a hole. And then he made another hole and another hole. And then he found also that it was the wind just whistling through this hollowed out branch, which was producing this sound. And so he called out to the woodpecker. He said, Cola, friend, let me take this branch home and see if I can make this sound, you know, see if I can imitate the sound. And so he brings back this branch and he uh, tries to copy the sound and, and so forth. And he was tweaking it and trying to get it right. And all of a sudden he was able to make this beautiful sound. And it was something that was very beautiful to the tribe. And it was a gift that is shared from that point on. Um, and it's a, it's a symbol for uh, Native Americans uh, and how the flute came to be, you know, all thanks to the cedar, the woodpecker, the wind, the young hunter uh, who didn't shoot an elk, but he learned how to listen. Well, today, you know, the Native American flute is really seeing all kinds of just wonderful resurgence, as I would say, in its popularity. We have wonderful performers out there like Carlos Nakai uh, or Johnny Whitehorse or Kevin Locke or even uh, Mary Youngblood. They have made wonderful recordings and with their own uh, style, they have brought the Native American flute back to life. Well, let me share with you a little bit about my experience playing the Native American flute. Um, I had not heard the Native American flute growing up, but it was something that when I heard it for the very first time, it really captured my attention. You know, much in the same way the hunter was just mesmerized by this sound. And it was something about the richness of this wind instrument that was going through the various designs and structure of the Native American flute. And uh, I fell in love with it. And when I, I um, purchased my first one, um, I remember my teacher, I uh, was uh, doing a weekend seminar with him. And... Um, you know, I brought my flute and I was just, you know, playing around with it. It was squeaking. I didn't, I couldn't make, you know, great rich tones with it. But um, he said, here, let me try. And he made some adjustments and he started to play. And it was just a beautiful, rich, rich sound. And we happened to be near uh, a fire. And every time he played, the fire would increase and dance. And, you know, just, you know, this almost came alive. And then when he handed the, the, uh, the flute back to me and I went to play, I noticed that the fire toned down a little bit. But when he played it, it, it shot up, it danced, it was, you know, it, like I said, it came alive. You know, it was very beautiful. So since that time, and it's been ooh, probably 12 years now or so, 11, 12 years that I've been playing the Native American flute, and uh, I really, really enjoy it. So let me um, just walk you through the, the flutes that I have and just sh share with you a little bit about the, just the richness. Now, I will say, if you are uh, listening to this uh, broadcast and uh, you're, you, are, you don't have your own Native American flute and you would like to buy one, there are several great companies out there. Um, and I always say, just allow the flute to come to you. 
you know, you can go through catalogs or websites or whatever, but just allow the flute to speak to you and um, find websites that have uh, YouTube videos that you can actually listen to the sound or the voice of the flute and, and how does it speak to you? Because flutes come in all shapes and sizes. They come in different tones. They come in different styles of wood. This is a Spanish cedar I have right here. And um, after the break, I'll be talking more about toning and, and how I use my Native American flutes um, very specifically when it comes to um, working with um, uh, negative crystalline energy and transforming negative crystalline energy. Okay, so this particular flute I have here is actually a one from High Spirits. It's in the key of A, and it's an earth tone flute. And as you can see here with the little earth tone shape, and this is a six-hole flute. I just have the I have the uh, the tie over top of it, the pad, to just keep it as a five-hole flute, and this makes it a pentatonic flute. Now, if you want to play sharps and flats, all you need to do is just remove the, the covering, and now you have a six-hole flute, okay? So um, just a, a, a word of um, just, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you buy your, your very first Native American flute, uh, be careful because you'll, you'll enjoy it, you'll have fun with it, uh, and you, you end up buying several. You'll get addicted to them, and you'll find just different styles that you like or different sounds and voices from the flute. So this is actually tuned to 432 megahertz, and it's, it's more of an earth tone. And I'll say a little bit more about that after the break. It's just a different, um, very slight tone to it than my other flutes that I have that are tuned to uh, 428 megahertz. Okay, so here's the voice of this. And as I said, this is in the key of A with Spanish cedar. And let's see, um, that one that I just played is a mid-range flute. And this is also a mid-range flute. This is in the key of F sharp, which uh, many people consider like that's the original Native American um, tone, uh, the F sharp. Um, others would say it's A, some would say B. Again, it's it, depending on who you talk to. But, you know, find a flute that really speaks to you. You know, that's probably the best advice that I can uh, share with you in, in discovering, you know, just your own enjoyment with flutes. And this uh, particular flute is a little heavier. It's made out of walnut. And um, and again, to say something real quick about the price of these flutes, depending on the the wood and the, the make or, like I said, this is the mid-range flute, um, you know, the, the prices vary accordingly. So listen to this F-sharp flute. Mm -hmm. 
So you can really hear the difference in the tone, not just because it's an F sharp, but the richness of the wood also has just a wonderful um, contribution to the voice. Now here is uh, also in Walnut, this is a Kestrel flute. This is uh, from High Spirits, it's, from the, it's in the key of C. And this is a very, very high, um, high-pitched flute, high-toned flute. And um, I love it because, again, uh, different types of flutes uh, I play at different times or if, there, if I have a specific purpose in playing a particular, like, um, uh, like a, a kestrel flute, uh, uh, you know, a high-range flute or mid-range or even I'll, I'll show you my bass flute here. Um, it all depends on what I feel is needed at the time. So let me play this for you. This is, as I said, in the key of C, and you'll notice how, how high it goes. Whoops, and that's another thing. That, that's a very good point we come to right now. Make sure that if you have a five-hole flute that it is covered, because if you get any air or if your fingers do not cover the holes, you're going to get that squeak. So <laughs> just a nice way of uh, demonstrating that for you. Okay, here's the voice. And that's the kestrel, very high, high tone, okay? And here is the bass flute. As you can see, it is very large, uh, very, very long. And that's another thing to keep in mind if you're shopping for your first flute or, you know, uh, you also have to take into consideration your arm length uh, because with these bass flutes, you know, they are quite quite long. So if you happen to be a person that has shorter arms, take that into consideration and maybe trying a mid-range flute just to um, get the feel of it. So this is in the key of D, and this is also made out of Spanish cedar. So that is actually, this is a bass condor from High Spirits Flute in the key of D. Very, very lightweight, but it has that deep, deep, rich, rich bass sound. 
And lastly, I'll show you this particular flute. This is called a drone flute. And you can see it has a, just a different shape than like more of like your cigar based or, or should say, you, you know, the cigar shaped of, of the flutes. This one actually looks like a shotgun. But um, the, the reason why it has two holes is it's because it's called a drone flute. On one side, and it has two holes here where you blow out of it, on one side there is just a constant uh, a drone, as they would say, um, just one sound you get out of that. And the other side, you are able to use the fingering, and then that's where the melody comes in. But you blow through both holes at the same time. And it really provides just a wonderful special effect when it comes to um, wanting to get that sound as if you're playing two flutes at once. Okay. And uh, let me show you what I mean by that. So again, very beautiful, very haunting. And this is just the one particular style. Again, this is a high spirits flute in the key of F sharp. Again, and uh, you go on various websites and so forth. And some, you know, they have, um, you know, the drone flutes that look like you have to play two flutes at once with your mouth covering over the two holes. And then they also have uh, three hole or three, um, you know, uh, you know, style uh, drone flute that gives just another depth to the sound of it already. So, but um, yeah, very, just uh, just the rich, beautiful uh, tone that comes through these flutes. Uh, just uh, very wonderful. So I tell you what, we're going to take a little break right now. And uh, if you want to, uh, you know, uh, think about calling in and give me your flute stories or so forth, I invite you to do that. That number again is 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. And after the break, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail of how I use these flutes to really bring healing and toning and uh, listening to and feeling the vibration of these flutes. Okay, so I'll be back with you in one minute.
right. Welcome back, everybody. You've been listening to Reclaiming Authenticity. I'm your host, Dr. James Houck. And um, I'm sure you've heard the Native American flute playing at the beginning. And of course, I do it at the break. And uh, even at the close of the show, or the outro, shall we say, uh, are three different flutes that I play providing that uh, with you. Because as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, that the Native American flute is very near and dear to my heart. I really enjoy playing it, not just in my own times of meditation, but also the different uh, Native American ceremonies that I have been involved in. And for me, it really provides just a nice sense of, uh, I would say, grounding. Um, It centers me, and there's a richness that goes out, just wonderful vibration that is released, and the toning. Okay, so anyway, invite you to uh, call in anytime uh, during the second uh, part of the hour, 888-627-6008, and uh, share any flute stories that you have or your interest in the Native American flute. Well, as I had shared earlier, uh, just my love for the Native American flute has really taken just, you know, taken me to just different heights and depths in in just my understanding of my own spirituality and and how I integrate spirituality and and mental health. And um, one of the things that I really enjoy doing with the Native American flutes are just uh, toning and uh, transforming negative crystalline energy. or crystalline energy, if you will. And um, it goes back to a very, very basic understanding that uh, everything has a sound. And when everything has a sound, or because everything has a sound, it has a vibration. And, you know, we, you know, with this different uh, aspects of science uh, have taught us just how sound reverberates and how it just bounces off of our eardrums. And, and we can see the vibrations of not only, um, you know, different wavelengths, um, but just, um, you know, how sound is communicated from one person to another and the different tones and the shapes of those sounds. And, um, you know, just what that does for our quality of life. So uh, the toning that I do with the flutes uh, actually, again, brings me back to listening to the richness of not only the sound of the, the voice of the flute, shall we say, but also feeling the vibration in the flute itself, that as the wind that passes through or my breath that passes through, Uh, through the Native American flute, there's a vibration that goes on, uh, very subtle, but again, it's there. And I've really come, you know, with my teacher and my understanding of, of, you know, playing the Native American flute um, in just listening and feeling that vibration. And even um, after I'm done playing to just sit with the vibration itself, even though the sound is no more, but the vibration in between the voice of the Native American flute or the, or the, uh, the vibration in between the notes, as it will, or uh, uh, as you will, and so forth, okay? So even silence has a vibration that when we tap into it, uh, creates in us just a rich understanding of really paying attention more to uh, everything around us and how God in the universe gets our attention if we can just quiet ourselves, if we just become aware 
of how God speaks and in different ways. Okay, so again, I just want to play a little bit. And um, if you're watching this or you might be listening to this uh, particular show, um, if you are able, not if you're behind the wheel driving, don't don't do this. But if you're just uh, seated at home or somewhere else and you would just like to close your eyes and just listen to the sound of the flute and allow it to speak to you wherever it needs to speak to you. Okay. Hopefully, as you were listening to the sound of this particular flute, that it was able to speak to you, not just with the sound, but also the vibration, um, because it's one of the things that um, as we begin a process of higher vibration uh, in our relationship with God or a higher dimension in our relationship with God, a depth, we are going to be reminded of all the negative psychological emotional and spiritual patterns within our relationships that often keep us stuck in the past. Um, and we wonder, how are we going to get past our past? How are we going to move beyond certain hurts? How are we going to get past certain pain in our lives? And what do we do now that we perhaps are going through something totally new that we feel so unprepared for? But, you know, as we are toning and as we are letting go and, uh, in order to take on something better in our own uh, spirituality, we find that, you know, our prayers become uh, simplified. That let's say that we, you know, we have always asked God for, you know, we, we want to find that peace and grace and love. And as we let go, as we transform that negative crystalline energy, uh, and take on something better, something more positive, and we grow in our vibrational awareness, 
we discover that we are now becoming uh, grace and peace and love. Okay? And others will notice this vibration as well. It's something that we give off, you know, and I'm sure if you're like me, you've um, been around people and you just don't know if something feels a little off because, well, it usually is. And uh, I've even walked through hours of people and there are different vibrational energies. And, um, you know, some have been very pleasant. Some have been, I mean, just downright um, uh, very difficult to to be in that, that presence. And so it's something that we can feel because it's an energy change. And so certainly, as I use the Native American flute, and just to change the vibrational energy, uh, like say something negative that I feel in myself, or if I feel blocked in a particular area, I'll just play the flute through that and allow the tone to break up that negative crystalline energy. And, you know, there are times when we allow our negativity, um, you know, it causes us to spend much time just ruminating over frustrations that we have experienced. And, you know, we all been there. You know, we, how many times you've been stuck in traffic or how many times are you frustrated about paying bills or disagreeing with colleagues or, you know, arguing with friends or lovers? And when this occurs, we often miss out on the opportunities to, to see, to hear, to taste, to smell, to touch the goodness of God, as well as the way that God loves to work through the most unlikely people and through the most unlikely ways. I am convinced that God loves to do that. And when we are not paying attention, that's when God shows up. You know, and we haven't been looking in a particular area, but that's where God has been all along. Okay, so again, let me play some more for you. And if you are, again, hopefully not driving and up behind the wheel of your car, uh, but you are seated in a nice place, you just gently close your eyes and allow the flute to speak to you. As you can tell, just uh, a different, uh, using a different flute, the richness, the tone, this is the walnut uh, wood 
um, high spirits flute in the key of F sharp. Uh, and again, just creates a different vibrational awareness in us. And uh, again, it, it really, as I said, I use these to really uh, break through uh, any blockages that I have, or it helps me in uh, just during times of meditation to center myself, uh, to focus and so forth. And um, I don't see my animals here with me in the studio, but um, one of the things that I've noticed that whenever I'm playing the Native American flute, they quiet down. Animals have a way of, shall we say, no, no pun intended here, tuning in the vibe, to the vibrational sounds of the Native American flutes. And, uh, you know, how many times we've heard that old adage, like, music calms the savage beast. Um, it's true. It is true. My dogs are just like, okay, ready to go down for a nap. But um, it's the richness of the tone that really puts them at ease, that calms them that if they happen to be anxious or in pain and so forth, they find it very comforting. And um, one other thing reminded me of just different times that um, I've uh, uh, visited others and I had taken uh, one or two of my Native American flutes with me and just asked to play the flute for them and how much of a comfort it, it provides them. You know, and uh, I find that in these moments that when, you know, the Native American flute is able to speak in ways in which just simply words uh, cannot, you know, music touches us in, in, a, in a depth that words often fail us. But it is the melody, it is the, it is the tone, it is the vibration that creates these subtle awarenesses, and these subtle shifts in us that take us into a deeper vibrational awareness of our relationship with one another and our relationship with God or the divine. Okay, so let me grab another flute. Let me grab my bass flute here, my Condor bass flute in the key of D. And this is the one that's very deep, very rich, um, very, you know, very mellow. And uh, so this is the flute I usually go to if I happen to be awake at three o'clock in the morning. And yes, I've been known to play my flutes at three o'clock in the morning um, just because, well, that's why not? All right. You know, I just uh, I play them just my own uh, meditative awareness uh, times when I feel led to just be in prayer with God. But I don't say any words. I let the flute do the talking for me. Because that's probably one of the most powerful lessons that my teacher had uh, shared with me. He says, you know, when, when you're first learning to play the flute, yeah, you're going to be worried about the fingering and everything. And, and you've heard me before, you know, sometimes my, my finger slips and you get that squeak. But um, after a while, you, you get to feel where your fingers are and so forth. And he said, you know, just in, in learning how to play, close your eyes so that you're not looking down and, and looking at your fingers. And I know that's a great temptation because we're, we're taught to like look and, you know, and, and, and play instruments like that. But um, imagine the richness that comes into being when we play with, you know, uh, we have that, um, that touch, that awareness uh, that as we are playing. And, and so forth. That also provides a richness. And um, the second very important thing that he taught me is, you know, just, um, you know, you can play the flute. And like I said, we have wonderful people out there that play the flute and concert playing type 
you know, Native American flutes and so forth. But um, he said, if you really, really want to take the Native American flute into your meditation, into your prayers, he says, pray the flute. Don't just play the flute, but pray the flute. And uh, there's sheet music out there. In fact, I have uh, a Native American spirit songbook here that has just wonderful uh, finger charts and so forth. If, if that's something you want to do, um, that's very beautiful as well. But um, as I said, with my own meditative and prayerful practice, um, I just play the Native American flute and I use it in order to pray the Native American flute sometimes. So again, just invite you to sit back and to um, allow the, the tone of this uh, condor bass uh, flute to take you where it needs to take you. Again, just another richness to the uh, different style and tone of a Native American flute. So um, last thing I just want to share with you is uh, just the concept of, in our own lives, how we can also apply the Native American flute and how that teaches us um, just a greater awareness of our relationship with God or the divine. And this is the concept of being a hollow bone. And uh, some of the most ancient, ancient flutes out there that are not made out of wood have been made out of bone. Um, and just, just, again, all shapes and sizes of bones and so forth. And, of course, um, the, uh, the Native American uh, bone whistles that uh, are out there, the authentic ones, are made from eagle bones. Um, however, you know, you have to be Native American to own them because, you know, uh, the uh, uh, bald eagle or the eagle in general is an endangered species. So most people uh, make bone uh, whistles or bone whistles out of turkey bones. And that also provides just a rich sound and different ceremonies and so forth. Um, but um, this concept of being a hollow bone and uh, I've shared this, uh, this, this image, this analogy with kids of just, well, what does it mean to allow God to speak to us and, and to speak through us? 
and just wonderful, again, analogy, a metaphor, a concept of the Native American flute that um, when it's uh, hollowed out, when it's uh, whittled through and so forth, it's, you know, the over time, you know, you learn how to tune these uh, Native American flutes to get the different sounds and so forth. But the concept is, is pretty much the same. It's a hollow instrument, and there's the end that you would blow into. And then you have the fetish here of which the sound travels through and, and, and out. Um, and everything is designed according to uh, the pressure, um, but it depends on the wind and the fingering that gives it its unique sound. That's forcing the air out in different ways. Kind of uh, very similar to if you take a trumpet apart and uh, the valves that are in there, um, you lift out a valve and you can see the various holes in location and the combinations of the fingering of the valves forces air through you know, the, the instrument in very specific ways in which you get the notes or you get the tones. So again, in our lives with uh, relationship with God or the divine, being that hollow bone um, and being hollowed out, that is in our relationship with God, um, having everything removed in our lives that would get in the way of producing a wonderful, rich, quality sound. Um, you know, and, and many things we go through is just a process of letting go of things that get in the way. Um, and so this has a way of also affecting our prayers, of which I have for the longest time, and many, you know, many of you might have, uh, you know, had this experience as well, you know, asking God for things, like, can I have this? And, you know, wouldn't it be great if I, you would give me that and so forth, okay? But um, as I've gotten older and just looked at my life and really understood the concept of the hollow bone, my prayer life has shifted, and that I'm not asking God for things. I'm asking God to remove things in my life. Remove the things that get in the way. Remove the obstacles in my life that keep me from your voice, um, you know, just speaking it to me or in me and through me. And so as the wind passes through, the instrument makes a beautiful, beautiful sound. So too, when the Spirit of God, you know, is, is passing through us, it creates a beautiful sound so that others are not hearing our voices, but they are hearing the voice of God speaking directly to their hearts. So let me play one more, one more variation of these tones for you. And just allow, again, allow the flute to take you where it wants to.
Well, I'm Dr. James Hauk, and you have been listening to Reclaiming Authenticity. Thank you for spending this hour with me. I really appreciate uh, sharing with you this uh, video segment on the Native American flutes. And uh, feel free to uh, shoot me uh, your thoughts and ideas about uh, today's show. And uh, invite you to be back with me here uh, next week, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon Pacific Standard Time, every Friday on uh, bbsradio.com Station One. Uh, until that time, everybody do take care. Uh, please be safe and keep playing your Native American flute. Take care. God bless. For an answer, or just to leave a thousand comments, or prodding to buy a book by Dr. Hauk, it's all there. Just wander on over to reclaimingauthenticity.com and click around. And we'll see you next Friday at noon Pacific time on PBS Radio TV.